When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. I want to welcome all the Pewter people to another Victory Monday, now for your 7 and 7 Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they are on a three-game winning streak, and this was their most convincing win out of those three victories as they beat down the Green Bay Packers by a score of 34-20 to in a game where both teams went into this one with the same record. So we're going to further talk about that positivity, but we also got to get into today's press conference with Todd Bowles where we went in as reporters and we went out as detectives trying to figure out what is going on with the saga between Devin White and Todd Bowles and if Devin White will ever play for the Bucks again or if K.J. Britt's your starter moving forward. A lot to get into on a spicy victory Monday. So we're going to get into everything and, of course, uh, Super Chats as well and Roll Call too. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is my fellow detective and a <laughs> face that runs the place at pewterreport.com, SR, Scott Reynolds. It's it's a victory Monday, or is it a Tuesday? Or <laughs> is it Saturday? Uh, right. Not totally sure. Yeah. Uh, Todd Bowles had a, a difficult time remembering when exactly he talked to Devin White. Uh, he said it was Saturday or, or Friday, uh, <laughs> but it was really Sunday. But Todd didn't want to admit that, so that's okay. Um we're going to get into the Devin White situation in, in just a second. But, yeah, I mean, we kept the graphic, um, Chris Godwin, because he he definitely deserves some plaudits as well as Baker Mayfield for for um, their great play. And we're, we're going to spend some time talking about Devin White. Um, I would not be surprised if and, – and this is just my opinion. This is not, like, informed opinion like I've been hinted or told this, but just – kind of reading the tea leaves, I wouldn't be surprised if Devin White ends up on injured reserve and done for the year. I, I think that is how this is going to conclude. I could be wrong. I Devin might play on Sunday. I, I have no idea. I don't think that's going to be the case based upon what I know. But I think it might end with Devin being on, on injured reserve because that that helps a lot of the peripheral about all, all of this and we'll get into it I'll, I'll answer your questions and I'll tell you what, what I know and what I what I'm allowed to say and and um, um, but I think the biggest thing is let's let's start with some video just so everybody's kind of like on the same base if you didn't see Todd Bowles press conference today yeah um, you know we 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 probed and we pressed him in terms of of the timeline about all of this because uh, he was not exactly forthcoming after the game. And there's a lot going on after the game, too, right? The Buccaneers win. Yeah. Baker Mayfield has a perfect day, right? Chris Godwin. Um, exactly. You know, th- there's a lot of storylines. You know, that was one of them. 
and we don't want this to overshadow the situation. But at the same time, it's like this is a starting middle linebacker for this team, number one draft pick, team Super captain. Bowl champion, team captain. Exactly. So it's important that we kind of address this. And we also need to give, you know, KJ Britt his his flowers too, man. This guy's played some good football. Absolutely. You know? Um Really love the effort that we've seen from KJ Britt over the past couple of games. Um, I just put in uh, in the comments the article that uh, that Scott had wrote after we spoke to Devin White. That kind of gives the whole chain of events, and we're yeah. happy to talk about it here as well. This first video I'm going to play, it's, it's the most important video that gives the most context of everything. Because yeah. it starts with, again, the report that um, Peter Report has had, Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times as well. Yeah with the report that Devin was told that KJ Britt was going to be the starter. And because of that, he said, all right, well, I can't go. Um, so Bowles kind of refutes that. And th there's a dialogue there without giving it away because we're about to play the video. Yeah. And then the second part of the video, because it's cut together, um, the second part of the video is a, is a great question from Scott, which again, which is our detective hats being on, where the timeline of what Bowles responds in the first part of the video doesn't add up with the fact that on Saturday the Bucks reported and they made a change to their injury list that Ryan Neal was downgraded from doubtful to out. Right. And Vita Vea, who was doubtful, got upgraded to questionable. Yeah. And it also doesn't help. You'll see you'll hear Greg Allman at the end who chimes in that Josh Hayes as well was added to the injury report Sunday yeah. 20 minutes before the uh, inactives get out. But that's enough talking from me. Let's get to the video of Bowles and Devin White. Devin White situation. You you told Devin yesterday that KJ Britt was going to start. And did I? I think you did. No, I didn't. You did not. Devin told me Friday he couldn't play. Or Saturday or Friday he couldn't play. So KJ was starting. That was the end of it. It, it wasn't in response to that. No. no. Is KJ Britt your starting linebacker moving forward or is it Devin White? Devin gets healthy, we'll rotate the players and see how it goes. Vea was upgraded to questionable. If Devin told you on Friday or Saturday that he wasn't able to go, why wasn't that change made to the media? I don't talk to the media after I talked to the media Friday afternoon. I wasn't available for that information until later that day or that evening. So I don't talk to the people till the next day. So We'll see. If he gets better, he usually plays. Usually when guys get sick, Hayes was the same way. But he got he, he was out. We keep people down sometimes. That's just the way it goes. You guys had even like added Hayes to the injury report, I think, 20 minutes before inactives came out. Was that just a situation where the, the Devin news wasn't communicated to the people that put those things out? didn't have to be communicated because there was nothing to communicate. He practiced on Friday. He practiced on Thursday. And he said he couldn't go Saturday morning. That was the end of it. Yeah. So the, the thing is, is if you noticed, I didn't ask a question to start this. I, I made a statement just to see the reaction from him. And it was one of surprise. I, that, that caught him off guard. Matt, if you can, show that clip again, just just the very you know, first yeah, 10 yeah, seconds the, or so. Yeah, the first 10 seconds. Yeah, yep. and we'll talk about yep. it after that. All right. Yeah. Uh, again. First part of the, the video with Todd. Devin White situation. You you told Devin yesterday that KJ Britt was going to start. And did I? I think you did. No, I didn't. You did not. Devin told me Friday he couldn't play. Or Saturday or Friday he couldn't play. So KJ was starting. That was the end of it. It, it wasn't in response to that. No. no. 
So yeah. I even think he does make a reaction to when you first make yeah. the comment. But I think when Greg asked him about if if it was in response to KJ being the starter, right. when he's like, yeah. no. Oh, yeah. Like, for those listening to audio, I just made a Todd's facial expression. Yeah. That one was, to me, like a little more telling and, and giving away the oh, information yeah. a little bit more than anything else. And there are multiple parts that we haven't even talked about yet that kind of refute everything. So – Todd answering about, well, why wasn't Devin included in all the changes when Vita and Ryan Neal were? And he says, I talked to the media in the afternoon. I didn't have that information until later. Well, that is a moot point because Todd didn't get on the phone and call you and me and say, oh, we're actually downgrading Ryan Neal and upgrading Vita Vea. If you did it for the two of them, it doesn't matter whether or not you told us specifically about Devin White. Because Devin White still should have been included in the in the thing with uh with Vita and, and Ryan Neal and even Josh Hayes on Sunday especially if you're telling us on Friday or Saturday yeah. that you got that information from Devin White the other yeah. part of it uh, two other parts one again when you're caught in the middle of a lie and he goes Saturday and then Friday no one says the weeks the weekdays in reverse it's always right. Thursday Friday <laughs> yeah Saturday Sunday Monday, yeah. Tuesday. It's always it's like a, that. No, it's a no pretty important that. meeting, right? Like you're you're talking to yeah. your your middle linebacker. You're talking to your team captain, and you can't remember when that was. I'll tell you when it was. It was Sunday, right? That's when it was. Yeah. Um. And and again, that's why I made that statement to him, and he said, "Did I?" And I said, "I think you did." You know, <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure you did, Todd." And so, uh, but listen, I, I understand why Todd Bowles said what he said and was being defensive and maybe throwing some BS out there. He's covering for his guy. He doesn't want to throw Devin under the bus. I get it. That That's his prerogative to do that as a head coach. Okay. He's not Bruce Arians. He's not John Gruden. He's not that type of coach. It is what it is. Uh, but at, at the same time though, just if, if you're going to go with this, this alternate narrative, like you know, you, you got to sell it. Like if, if you're, if you're going to, if there's going to be a crime scene, try to cover it up a little bit. Right. In other words, if, if, if you're, if you're going to, and it's kind of rare, it, it happens, but it's rare that, that the media relations department communicates with the media, which is us, the times ESPN, Fox news or Fox sports, you know, with Greg Almond and all that yeah. um, on a Saturday, usually it's, we're elevating this player from the practice squad, whatever, occasionally they'll let us know about an injury designation, right? Like, hey, Brian Neal, you know, showed up Saturday, did the walkthrough, his back's tight, whatever. He's not going to, on the trip. He's officially out. Oh, and by the way, Vita Vea has been upgraded to questionable from doubtful, right? So th- that was communicated to us on Saturday. So if Todd Bowles had this conversation with Devin on Friday or Saturday, that should have been, could have been communicated to us at that time. Um, I know for a fact that Devin White was a game-time decision on Sunday. I know that for a fact. And so to me, he Bulls didn't tell Devin until Sunday that the plan was to, was to start KJ. And once Devin heard that, he didn't want to play. And okay, that's, that's his prerogative. But uh, it's, I, I've never seen a more self-destructive uh, player um, that, that's been here for a while. It's been here for a while. Yeah, because yeah, that's true. Brown, yes, <laughs> as we discussed true. earlier, 
Yeah, came but in he, here just to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, not, but he, he kind of came in as a train wreck and left as a train wreck, right? Yeah. But with Devin, it started off promising and winning a Super Bowl and all that, and then just it fell apart and unraveled. And it's it's you know it's his own doing. Um, but I, I I don't know where the team goes from here with Devin uh, outside of maybe some side some sort of of injured reserve designation, and we'll see. I mean, yeah, I, I just don't know how Devin can face the locker room after that and saying you know. I, I pouted because I, I wasn't going to be the starter and and I opted out, which essentially means you quit on the team is really what it is. If, if we're calling it like we see it, yeah. that's it's it's I don't want to play unless I'm a starter. And it's it's like uh, that's that's not good because that's not what a team captain does. No, captain, and don't get me wrong. Any team captain would be angry, upset, probably pissed off that you, you weren't named the starter. Yeah. But a team captain still is you know clapping it up on the sideline yes this guy's ready and uh and everything else in between so that's clearly uh, it's clearly not the case with Devin White I think yeah like you and I were having a conversation I, I think we were I think it was after the Monday night game because I was I was in attendance for that game I was in the yeah. press you yeah. and I were talking and kind of brought up that Devin is very much a he's a front runner it's yes when the times are going well, they lost that game to the Eagles, but you know what? Devin had an interception in that game on prime time on Monday night football. So of course the, you know, the announcers are going to yuck it up a little bit more that, Oh, why right. made this play and everything like that. Devin is happy to talk and, and do everything when things are going his way, when he's playing well, when the team is winning, yep. but when the chips are down and guys kind of got to pull together and things of that nature. Yeah. Um, hasn't really been the case with Devin White. Um, I want to do some super chats for everybody. Uh, but there was one more thing that Todd Bowles had answered with Devin. This was more just about uh, his injury in general. Surprise that Devin said that he couldn't go. So yeah. Todd Bowles lying through his teeth. teeth. But this were his answers. He said he couldn't go considering he had been practicing up to that point. No, I'm not surprised. I get guys all the time. I mean, Hayes got sick on the bus. He couldn't play. I mean, you go with the guy's gut. If he tells you he can't go, you go with the next guy and you play. This injury for Devin will hang on for the rest of the season. It seems to be coming and going. Well, it's something he's got to deal with. I mean, I'm not a doctor, so I can't really say how he feels or how he doesn't feel. But, you know, the next guy's have to step up. We've been doing it all year, so just keep rolling. Is this something you have to deal with in the offseason? That I do not know. He, he had played two games kind of with the foot injury and then obviously has to play the last three. Did something change where he aggravated it? I, for, I forget what game that is, the Colts or what, what game that was. But was there something that exacerbated the foot or was it just him not being able to play through what he played through? That I'm not sure of. You know, usually as a coach, you go with the guys that say they can play and the guys that can't play, they get treatment and they get healthy. You had a lot of other guys that were on the bubble. Obviously, everybody's different for injury situations, but Vega was a question mark. Godwin was a question mark. To, to have a player in such an important game say they can't go, does that surprise you when it's a captain like it was here? No, not if they're injured. If they're injured and they say they can't go, what else are you going to do? You play ball. I mean, I've had captains hurt. I've had backups hurt. Some say they can go. Some say they can't. So that's really that's all, that's about all there is. So just more of Todd trying to defend Devin White until yeah. the end. Until the very end, and the end is near. Yeah, for Tevin White and yeah. uh, his time with the Buccaneers. Yeah, I mean, we like reported back on December one in my SR's Fat Five column on PeterReport.com. He, he's not going to get re-signed, right? I mean, that's so. The, the, this is just 
like the chessboard playing out, right? I mean, we already know that there's a checkmate situation here and you just got to make the moves and then it's, and then it's over. So uh, thank you to King James 813 getting us started off with these super chats uh, with the 499 super chat who says, seems like Devin is most comfortable rushing the passer. Why not try him in a Micah Parsons role and leave Britt with Levante? Just a thought. Appreciate the super chat. We, we've yeah. gotten an iteration of uh, of this type of question before. I think simply it comes down to Devin doesn't have – he clearly has the speed when he's fully yeah. healthy. He doesn't have the size that most typical edge rushers would have at that position. Right. And part of what Devin – what works for him when he is blitzing is blitzing is the element of surprise. Even as yes. much as Todd Bowles likes to blitz, which is often right. – even if Devin's blitzing, it's not always up the A-gap. It's you know, It could be a stunt going around the edge, but you right. never know when it's going to happen or how exactly if it's going to look. If you line him up at edge rusher, you know, and sure, he could stunt inside here and there. But for the most part, he's going to the outside. Yes, that speed will work sometimes, but I don't think it will really work every time. And when he's getting stopped by running backs, on right. offense, what is a gigantic offensive tackle yeah. going to do on either the left – or right side. The only reason I would entertain this a little bit, Scott, is because they're really not getting a lot of other production at edge rusher um, outside of like Yaya Diaby. Shaq made a big play in last game, so hopefully that is a continuation of things to come. That's yeah. the only reason I would consider it, but I do think the Bucks have enough horses in the barn at um, edge rusher, and that's no pun intended to Devin, who right. does have horses. Um, yeah, to get I, one of those guys going. I agree. I think it's he doesn't beat running backs a lot for sacks, right? I mean, he has in the past, um, but he's not the most physical player, if we're being honest. He doesn't shed blocks well, right, in the run game. So, uh, you know, your job as an edge rusher is to attack the tackle and dispose of him, either with an inside rush or an outside rush or a bull rush, right, a push-pull. And I I don't think he's got the physicality or the repertoire to do that. So he's a blitzer. He's not a pass rusher, and there's a big difference. There is a huge difference. And by the way, we love to make a difference on Mondays. We like to make this show a little bit different too. It is. When it comes to 420 on Monday, uh, it's coming up in just a minute. We like to do this thing every single Monday, win or lose, rain or shine, regular season or the off season, every single Monday at 420. It is roll call. We do this every single Monday. Where are you at, Peter People? It's just a fun way that we interact with our fans who we love so much. So what we're going to do uh, is one of us is going to go on a little diatribe about the Buccaneers over the next minute or two or so, however long it takes. Maybe it takes the whole show. And uh, while we do that, um, if you guys want to start putting in the chat where you're watching from, we've got so many great fans from both Tampa, the state of Florida, the United States, internationally as well. If you want to start putting your location in the comments, we'll throw some up on the screen and we'll give a personal shout out to a couple of uh, people along the way as well um, after we're done. Scott, uh, I can talk about something unless you got something on your mind. Um, yeah, I, I do get something on my mind and it's it's really kind of about the, the Devin White situation okay. with with Todd Bowles. And and really what it what it entails is, you know, th- this this is too little too late for Devin White, unfortunately. And I think if you go back to that Baltimore Ravens game where, you know, we at Pewter Report joined Warren Sapp and publicly calling out Devin White's lack of effort and his lack of hustle and loafing on some plays on a nationally televised game against the Ravens on Thursday. 
And Todd Bowles, we asked him about it the next day, and he defended Devin White. And there is a strong bond between the two. There's, there is a father-son bond here between Devin White and Todd Bowles. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. Devin White is Todd Bowles' blind spot, just like Byron Leftwich was Bruce Arians' blind spot. Like Devin can do no wrong in Todd's eyes. Byron could do no wrong in Bruce's eyes, right? Um, and that's okay. The problem is, is that sometimes as a father, you have to discipline your son. Otherwise, he's not going to learn. And, you know, taking the family aspect out of it, it's, it's the coach's job to discipline a player when the effort isn't there, the execution isn't there, whatever. And I think that Devin has been an entitled player here in Tampa. And I think Todd Bowles has enabled Devin White to have that type of attitude unfortunately. And so I think that, that uh, Todd has created a bit of a monster here uh, and, and with the constant excuses um, publicly. And, and also too, uh, it's not like Devin has never been called out before in team meetings. He has, I know that for a fact, uh, but he's not held to the same standard as others. Now, Todd famously is slow to bench anybody, whether it's yeah. Ryan Neal, whether it's Luke Gedeke last year, whatever. But at, at some point in time, if you don't do that, if you try to be the player coach, uh, it comes back to bite you because you're you're allowing bad behavior on the field to happen. And the, the thing is, the eye in the sky doesn't lie. Every player in the NFL knows enough about football, right? They know what they see on film. And, it, and the message can ring a little hollow from the coach if you don't um, – take the necessary actions. And I'm just going to kind of end this by saying, look at what happened to Luke Gedeke, right? Really struggled. Now, his was not a lack of everything. He just was was a fish out of water at left guard last year after moving from right tackle, right? And we kind of were like, hey, like, you know, when are you going to put somebody else in? Because this guy's getting his ass kicked on a weekly basis here, right? Um, and Todd was slow to make that change. And the problem with that is um, Luke didn't get better. He got worse. And, and then when the injury finally happened and they went ahead and, and uh, had to, to play Nick Leverett, they started to platoon those two guys at Carolina, if you remember. And then in the Ravens game, uh, Nick Leverett took over and, and was, was the guy, right? Just like we've seen Aaron Stinney has outplayed Matt Filer at left guard. Like he's the guy. And so Luke Gedeke sits down and, and resets. And if you ask Luke today, that, that benching served a world of good for him because he could the pressure was off. He could kind of reset, take a breath, and, and, and learn from without having to be in the fire. When was the next time we saw Luke Gedeke at right tackle against the Atlanta Falcons in Week 18? And what happened? He showed himself and everybody he could be right tackle. Yeah. Then in that Falcons game, Nick Leverett gets hurt and he can't be the starter at left guard for the Cowboys game, the playoff game. So what happens the next week? Well, Luke Gedeke is back to the house of horrors at left guard. But what happens? He has his best game at left guard. Ask the coaches. Look at the PFF grades. They're all in alignment. Luke Gedeke had a great game against the Cowboys at left guard. Ryan Jensen at center, not so much. But Luke Gedeke played really, really well. So my point is, is 
Todd Bowles might have been able to save Devin White earlier last year with with a benching and and just humbling him and resetting it. Now, Luke Etiky didn't need to be humbled. The game itself, the Kenny Clarks, the Cameron Haywards, um, the Grady Jarretts, they were humbling enough for Luke Etiky. But Devin's a different animal. He's a different cat. He he needed to be humbled because he has a very high opinion of himself. He thinks he's way better than he is and thinks he's going to make you know millions out there in free agency, and he's not because the film has been atrocious. So having said all of that, um, it's a shame that it's come to this. And I think at the end of the day, Todd Bowles thought and felt like he was doing what was right for Devin. But in the end, it, it actually had the opposite effect. And I, I just wonder if you go back in time, you bench Devin after the Ravens game, if it would have triggered something, sparked something, and, and, and allowed the talent in Devin White to come out and to be more consistent and to give more of a damn and all of that. you know, And, and, and also, too, I, I think that the team captains on this team, whether it's Levante David, who has tried to cover for Devin mm-hmm. a lot, Antoine Winfield, who's a heck of a nice guy. Vita Vea, nice guy. There's no, there hasn't been that that person like see Jason Pierre Paul probably would. Yep. They would stand up to Devin, get in his face and saying, You're playing like absolute crap, man. Like, what the hell is this? Why are you getting blocked 12 yards down the field by some rookie center? Right. I mean, those kind of conversations needed to, to happen and, and, and they didn't. And so now we're led to this. Now, the good news is as much as as Todd Bowles likes Devin White, he also likes KJ Brett. Does. <laughs> he likes KJ Brett so much so that Matt and I and, and the Peter reporters, we've kind of been saying, like, what does this guy see in KJ Brett? He is a special yeah. teamer, right? Listen, sometimes all you need is a chance. Sometimes, you know, you you gotta like let the dish bake in the oven until it's ready. And I, I don't think that KJ Britt as a rookie or as a second year player was ready for this necessarily. But after three preseasons and playing a, a boatload of special teams, th- this guy is not not too big for this moment. And the moment's not too big for him, I should say. And he's playing really good, legit football right now. So much so that next year in his contract year, he could be auditioning for the starting middle linebacker spot for the future, not just next year, but like for a second contract. And as a fifth-round pick, it's pretty good. And J.J. Russell also showed Matt, too, as an yeah. undrafted free agent. He's worth taking a look at at inside linebacker, not just on special teams. So, you know, um, it's good that Todd Bowles has a backup plan. And he's had a lot of faith in K.J. Britt. And, um, you know, K.J. Britt is, is, is serious. He's all ball. Mm-hmm. And, and and we're seeing how how all ball he is with, with a couple of really good performances in place of Devin, at least last couple games. As much of a problem that Devin has been this season, even going back to before the season began, he requested a trade. Now the Bucks have another problem, but it's a good problem with KJ Britt and maybe even JJ Russell competing for next yeah. season for a starting job. So at linebacker, the priority still is going to be re-sign Levante David. Because if you've yeah. got Levante David, we've seen it. You know, I'm sure we've all wondered – while Devin was playing, what can this team look like next season if Devin White's not here, whether right. it's good or bad? Because I'm sure some would fear, oh, well, for all of Devin's faults, like he still does provide A, B, and C to the team. What happens if he's not there? 
Now we're seeing what this defense can look like in a life without Devin White at inside yeah. linebacker, and they're 3-0. and And maybe it's not all because of the defense. I mean, Baker Mayfield's not going to have a perfect uh, QP rating uh, right. every single time. But this defense has shown that they can get by with Levante and K.J. Britt, or even <laughs> Kate, uh, Levante and uh, – or even just J.J. Britt uh, in, in the mix. Uh, yeah. Not J.J. Britt, J.J. Russell – yeah. Too many initials on the team right now, yep. um, even with uh, J.J. Russell in the mix as well. So this gives the Bucks a lot of flexibility because they know they won't have to pay Devin White. Maybe they sprinkle a little bit more for Levante David, who absolutely deserves it. Yeah. It helps them figure out um, the Baker Mayfield situation moving forward. And let them decide as well. Do we want to draft uh, a linebacker for uh, the future, even though they also drafted Tarase Dennis, who, again, is in the mix. We haven't even yeah. mentioned him. During this yeah, he's in the mix. Saga. He's more of a Mo linebacker. Yeah, he's more of a Levante, right? For yeah. sure, not Absolutely. a Mike, but a Mo, and that—that's yeah. the difference. Levante is the Mo backer, which is that weak side backer in nickel and also in base, and and then you've got your Mike, which is what uh, Devin and KJ play. Speaking of Mo, we had a lot Mo people today <laughs> for a roll call. I mean, that is a Mark Cook level transition, Matt. Well done. Yes, thank Love you it. very much. Um, <laughs> we've had great turnouts week in and week out for a roll call. And I'm super grateful for that. Today has been one of the best roll calls that we have ever had. And I saw him coming through. Maybe it's because at the point I was like, oh, my God, like I'm not even at the top. Yet. I just scroll back <laughs> up to find like where to start uh, in the beginning. So shout out awesome. to all the pewter people. Um, so great. I wish I could have given a personal shout out to every single person because they all kept rolling through. And all people from like various different places in yep. the world. I saw some of like North Carolina international as well, starting with Greg to Shout out our guy, Greg. Oh, he's interacting with us. Yeah. On, on appreciate it, Greg. He's watching from Costa Rica. We got Caesar two dope from Austin, Texas mob for Christ from uh, Largo payday 39 from Syracuse watching probably a big fan of Cervasia Dennis. Cause yeah. uh, he grew up in the Syracuse area. We got JD Foster from Toronto, Canada, Tom Wilkes right in your backyard, Scott yeah. over at uh, Wesley chapel. This one I just found funny. My main man, Brennan, at the Catalina Wine Mixer. Uh, shout, out, shout out to uh, Step Brothers. Great movie. Kieran yep. Butt, watching from Norwich uh, in the UK. Very, very That's cool. Awesome. Old school from Clemson, South Carolina, watching. Yeah. Daryl Wilson, Las Vegas. Daryl, maybe Vegas. You know, you're lucky. Bucks go on a great playoff run, and you'll be uh, right there for the Super yeah. Bowl. Robbie Leary from Chicago. And uh, last but certainly not least, to close it out with another international watcher, uh, Pedro. Ken Hoto watching from Lisbon, Portugal. That's awesome. We appreciate you guys so much. So for, much. Uh, yes. For all the support. Great turnout. It's fun when the Bucks win. Uh, it's fun when there's a lot of uh, things to talk about on this show. Yeah. And uh, we can't thank you guys enough for all of your interaction and, uh, and joining us for Roll Call. Can't wait to do it again already uh, next week at 420. Roll Call every single Monday at 420 yeah well um, i will say um next the next show is going to be on tuesday the 26th we're going to take christmas off and I, that's right I, yeah wow. i would suspect I, a lot of y'all will too yeah. so um <laughs> we we will do we forgot about that we will do a christmas eve uh post-game podcast right yes. and and then uh we will do um a a day after christmas on december 26th which is a tuesday that'll be our our after the jaguars show so um, yeah. I think Todd Bowles will probably be speaking, probably on Zoom. 
on Monday. We'll still have stories. Go to PeterReport.com. Yeah. Feed your bucks fix on Christmas. There'll That's be fun. content. Yeah, there'll, there'll be, be articles content, yeah. you can read when you know your relatives are having a conversation about something you don't maybe care about as much. Exactly. Just pop your head up. Go. Yeah. yeah There's oh, a playoff hunt right. going on, folks. We're going to yeah, cover exactly. it. Yeah, but exactly. our next podcast will be. Uh, We'll be on on that Tuesday, not yes. not on Monday, and and we, you know what? We'll do a we'll do a uh, a roll yes. call on Tuesday for you. Yeah, usually every Monday except for when it's Christmas or some yeah. other uh, national right. holiday. And, and we'll and oh. and we'll do the same thing on New Year's as well. There won't yes. be a New Year's Day show. Yes. We'll we'll do it the day after. So just holidays, future uh, programming, just yeah. how it lines up. But yeah, anyway, great turnout again. Um, another thing I love doing is talking about. Our great sponsors, of course, the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast, Celsius Energy Drinks. Uh, love all the flavors they have. Check out the Cosmic Vibe, one of their newest flavors. Oasis Vibe is awesome as well. Arctic is my personal favorite. That's Arctic Vibe. Um, and you see here, there's so many great flavors. The Sparkle Wildberry, Sparkle Orange, the Tropical Vibe, Peach Mango, Sparkling Watermelon, and Strawberry Lemonade. Also, one of my favorite favorite flavors that you can get with Celsius. Um, there is no sugar. There's no post-energy uh, drink crash or jitters that maybe you can get with another product out there. So if you love Celsius and maybe you're in one of these great locations that you guys were at for a roll call or you're on vacation or maybe you just moved to a new area or you're having Celsius for the first time, you want to know where to find one, that's totally cool. Just go to the Celsius website, uh, punch in your address, and it'll tell you the closest geographical location based on their store locator. Uh, so you can go and pick one up. It could be at a Walmart, a health and fitness store, 7-Eleven, a Target, or a convenience store, or maybe, just maybe, your bodega. Bodega. And once you keep going to your bodega and you know that you love Celsius and you want to get more, you want to get it in bulk, you can get it in bulk. I recommend getting that variety pack because variety is spice of life. Well, I have one flavor. We can have all the flavors of Celsius. Go over to Amazon, click on the subscribe and save, and you can have it sent to your residence whenever you want. It could be a week, month, quarterly, yearly. You're the boss. You're in charge. You're the captain. You're, you do this next season, you'll be the captain. Devin White probably <laughs> won't be. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius, the official energy drink of PeterReport.com. Make Celsius your number one pick. Scott, we got a lot of super chats to get to. Appreciate all the Peter people. We're going to get to every single one, and we will yep. not end the show until we do. So let's That's right. uh, start it off with Buck's Basement. Thank you for the $5 Super Chat. Who says, did you guys hear what Richard Sherman said on Undisputed? Apparently, Bowles was going to rotate White and Britt. White did not like that, so he sat. Um, did not see that from Richard Sherman. He obviously has a relationship with the Buccaneers, played for yep. them for uh, a little bit, and played uh, under Todd Bowles when he was the defensive play caller. Uh, but Todd Bowles did say that today when you asked about if Devin White is going to come back, um, who will be the starter, Devin or KJ Britt? And he talked about doing a rotation. Yeah. I don't see how Devin White signs up for that at all. So, no. um, <laughs> the, the other thing, too, just from, from a, a logistical standpoint, uh, the, the Mike linebacker is is the captain of the team, whether you have a C in your chest yes. or not, right? And, and, and th- that player wears the green dot on the helmet. And, and so really what would have to happen is, is you'd have to give that green dot and the radio transmitter to Levante David, which essentially makes him that guy that's the de facto play caller on the team. Because if you're rotating those linebackers in and out, they're not going to have time on the sidelines to undo the transmitter on one helmet and put it in the other. So the NFL only allows one player on each team to have that transmitter. If there's an injury, 
then then you can make that transmitter substitution and put it in somebody else's helmet. But if you're rotating players in and out, it's not going to happen. And so, um, you know, and, and that's what one thing Bull said too today is he pretty much said, well, because I asked him, I'm like, who's going to be the starter, Devin White or KJ Britt? And he said, well, if Devin comes or he said when Devin gets back or gets healthy, uh, then we'll rotate those guys and see. Like, no, that, that's not going to happen. Um, right. And really, it, that speaks volumes because what it says is Devin is not the starter. If you're going to rotate him with KJ, then Devin's not the yeah. starter, right? So. It's almost to to massage his feelings yeah. or uh, coddle him is, is a word that's been yep. tossed around here a lot. So Bucks Basin with the $2 super chat. Thank you. Says Devin so delusional to think he's still a starter. Devin thinks very highly of himself. Yeah. And, you know, there's something to be said about having that um, self-confidence. But you could see when the going got tough, Devin was, was nowhere to be found. So yeah. he likes it on easy street. He likes it when things are going yeah. his way. He'll talk to everybody in the media. But, uh, not exactly the same when the chips are down. Yeah. Thank you to JD Foster for this six ninety nine Canadian super chat. Yep. Talking about Shaq Barrett says Barrett lost his daughter tragically. I'm sure his head is not on football right now, and I don't blame him. Fans being too tough on Shaq. I, I I think it's a really fair point. I mean, I I can't imagine what's going through Shaq's head right now, and it probably isn't fair just yeah. to judge him for what he's got going on um, on the field because. There's a lot to deal with um, in his personal life. Uh, unfortunately, that's sometimes how the NFL goes. And you're, what you do on the field is the only thing that matters to a certain amount of people. Um, I kind of wish that we can look at Shaq a season from now and see, not that he's able to overcome that specific yeah. tragedy, because that's something that you can really never overcome. But even just like getting healthier, and they say time heals all, but maybe time helps out a little bit. Um, yeah. I think, I hope Shaq gets that opportunity, whether it's with the Bucks next season or gets it somewhere to prove himself to be a, a top level pass rusher again, but he is also getting up there in age uh, yeah. in football age. No, you're right. And and I, I don't know that he's going to be back next year. Um, he does have some guaranteed money coming his way. So that might influence the team there. But I think it's probably a 50-50 proposition whether he comes back or not. Um, you know, he has made some plays this year, but for the amount of money that they're paying him, he, you know, if we're just being, you know, the 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 analysts we're, we're paid to be, which is call it like we see it, he, he has not performed to that level, right? And you certainly have to take in from the human element yeah. the the pressure and the stress and the sorrow that he is. Uh, facing and and all of that um we all go through some very personal tragedies you know and in, in our our own lives um football players are no different and so uh but at the same time you're getting paid to do a job and, and there is a cutthroat part of this business um and and we'll see what happens i hope Shaq finishes strong and can continue yeah. to play for this team but if he doesn't then this team's going to have a decision to make in the offseason yeah, we're not saying we um, uh, agree with it. It's just the nature of the beast, yeah. uh, yep. unfortunately. Um, shout out to Eric Moreno. Thank you for the $5 Super Chat. Eric, you're always uh, in the comments and with the Super Chats as well. Says, yeah. I talked to Carlton Davis's dad, and I asked him if he thinks Carlton plays this week. And he said, no, uh, no groin. And then I said, how about next? And he said, yes. Well, thank you for doing your own uh, investigative <laughs> yeah. reporting talking to Carlton Davis and um, yeah, it's, 
it's one of those things. I guess, like, would you rather have Carlton or Jamel? I'm kind of leaning towards Carlton based on that interception that uh, yeah. he had against the Falcons. Either way, you're going to have Zion McCollum in there. And, um, yeah, I guess the Bucs are probably having – here's the thing. Are the Bucs going to have buyer's remorse because of what they did with Carlton and Jamel? Yeah, sure, uh, right. a little bit. But I always go back to, at the time, no one would have said, oh, they should not re-sign Carlton. Exactly. Yeah. They should not re-sign Jamel Dean. So it's easy to look at it now that everything has gone down and say, whoa, what a terrible sign. Right. But at the time, everybody was on board with it. So. Yeah, well, and, and that's that's kind of, you know, I know we've we've been hard on Devin or whatever. I think he's brought a lot of, of his problems on himself. But yeah. it, it it's like if you go back in time to the Bucks just won the Super Bowl, Devin had an end zone interception, or go back to the Saints game or the Packers game where he is a turnover machine taking the ball away, right? Um, you're not going to tell me after the 2020 Super Bowl, right, the Super Bowl 50-55, that Devin White was a bust, right? Yeah. Like that was not yeah, the case. Exactly. Nobody was thinking that. So you can't sit there a couple of years later and say, well, he's a bust. No, he's not a bust. He just he, – he's declined. But uh, he, he had a really good rookie season. He had a fantastic 2020 season. And 2021 was had, what, nine sacks, Matt, something like that? Yeah. Uh, or was that the Super Bowl? I, I think it was 2020, the actually. 2020 season, yeah. And he would have yeah. probably would have got double digit, but he right. uh, got COVID. Yeah, COVID, yeah. At towards the end, end of the season. Right. So, yeah, I mean, he had two really good years for this team where it looked like he was worth that fifth overall pick because he was a playmaker. I mean, the guy had a couple touchdowns his rookie season. Three fumble, three forced fumbles, four fumble recoveries, two were scooping scores, had an interception at Jacksonville. I'm just saying, like, you know, he, he played really, really well, showed a lot of promise, and then got full of himself, and then the play declined, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, also, like uh, another interesting storyline, because a lot of talk has been about Trevor Lawrence. Will he be able to play this week when the Bucks play the Jaguars? Uh, the last time the Bucks and the Jaguars met, it was before Trevor Lawrence got yeah. drafted. Um, in that game, infamously, infamously, I believe you were at it in Jacksonville, yeah. and so was uh, Taylor Jenkins. Shout yep. out to uh, our Peter Report Grizz. Club. And, um, yeah, Chris, uh, Devin White had a scoop and score for a touchdown in that game. Yeah. And, and in an interception. He had his yeah, first and, interception. Yeah. And yeah. will he be uh, at this game? Remains to be seen. Yeah. But thank you to J.D. Foster for another Canadian Super Chat of 699. Uh, talking about Logan Hall says, what would you guys grade Logan Hall this season so far? Also, any news or updates on Jensen returning next season? Our offensive line would be elite with him as far as logan hall goes i'd probably give him like a c minus yeah. uh i i don't really think he had the fumble recovery against the packers well done yep. um but he, I, don't, I don't think he's a difference maker on this team i think right. he's a solid rotational guy but I, I don't think that's what the bucks envisioned when they drafted him and that's also why they went out and drafted kalijah cansey the next season yeah no i i agree to me, and, and I've kind of been consistent in saying this, with with Logan Hall, he is really, if he can become a more athletic, pass-rushing version of Will Golston, I think this team will be happy. Um, they, they already have their, their two defensive tackles, Vita Vea and Kalajah Kansi. Kalajah Kansi was drafted because the Bucks realized after one year, Hall is not a special player, but... There's something to be said about Will Golston. This guy's played 11 years in Tampa Bay. He has won yeah. a Super Bowl. He does the dirty work against the run. 
And I, I want to see another year in the weight room of Logan Hall get stronger, get even bigger. He made a, a good leap from, from 265 pounds in college to about 295 in one offseason. Let's see him continue to hit the weight room, get stronger, get about 310. And, and be able to hold up even more against the run and then find some other moves other than the swim move, which doesn't work, and show the Bucks the pass rushing ability that you had at Houston. So I, I think that, you know, and he's got two more years, right? I mean, sometimes yeah, it just yeah, takes yeah. guys a little while, and we'll see. We're not making excuses for him, but, you know, he's he's already getting passed on the depth chart because Kalijah Kansi is a, a better player than he is. As for Ryan Jensen, man, he's going to be what thirty three next year. I, I I don't see him making a comeback. Um, I, you know, yeah, he, he might try, but uh, everything that I've heard is that the team will come to some sort of settlement with him next off season. Yeah, I haven't heard any updates. He has been around the team, like you see yeah. him in the locker room from time to time. Uh, but like, even if he comes back next season, he hasn't played in two years. Yeah, you know, so like to expect him to be at the elite yeah. level that he once was, I think, is is a bit of a stretch. Uh, we point. got another Logan Hall topic, so uh, gonna jump forward to this super chat from Deontay yep. Incel. Thank you, Deontay, for the four ninety nine super chat. It says, "Hey guys, with Logan Hall and possibly Golston on the way out, can you see like drafting another defensive tackle? Texas has like four studs in school right now. <sighs> well, Boy. Logan Hall still has some time on his contract. Yeah. Still got two more years after this season, so Logan Hall is not going anywhere by any means. Yeah." Um, Will Golson, I mean, now that he's even – he's still in the rotation but having less snaps than, like, last season, would it be shocking if Will Golson came back for another season? I kind of like what he's done this year more than yeah. he did last season, and that's not just because he has an interception. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't know. That would be kind of yeah. interesting. I, I love Tavondre Sweat from uh, from Texas, uh, and, and I, I typically can't stand uh, the Texas Longhorns, horns down as far as I'm concerned because – uh, they usually beat my Kansas State Wildcats. That was an epic game this year, but Sweat is just a game wrecker, man. He's yeah. he's a Vita Vea type player. Um, I, I wouldn't mind any of those Texas Longhorns coming to the Buccaneers because they're they're good. They have a good linebacker there too. So, uh, Shaggy with the five dollars super chat. This kind of goes into what we were talking about with Devin mm-hmm. and Lamonte earlier. Um, too little, too late for Bowls too. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, he's played. He's coached himself into potentially returning next season again. I mean, things were so bad; they had lost six of seven. But he kept his locker room together when they easily could have quit and just folded. Uh, but he kept the locker room together for the most part. We'll see. We'll see the turnout from, uh, yeah. from the Devin White stuff. And now they've won three in a row. They're seven and seven. And they have a very winnable game now with Jacksonville. I think even if Trevor Lawrence plays, because the Jaguars have not looked good yeah. in recent weeks, if they win out, that's a six-game winning streak to finish yeah. the season. It's going to be very difficult, no matter how you feel about Todd Bowles as a coach, from right. his personnel decisions to his game uh, clock management decisions. Put all those things aside, this game, especially for coaches more than anything else, decided by wins and losses – when you have a six-game winning streak, especially when your offense is improving, and that's you the name of the game, Matt. Win the games. <laughs> you you got to throw your your thoughts aside about Todd Bowles. 
winning six in a row is a great accomplishment for any coach. It is. And it would, I think it would keep him his job. I think he also gets credit for Dave Canales, right? And this is half of the equation, right? You're a head coach. Your side of the ball is defense. You hired a guy who was a, a rookie play caller because nobody else wanted to come because Todd Bowles job security, right? I mean, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't like an, you know, Todd Munkin passed on the bucks. There are a lot of people passed on the bucks. And so yeah. The, he was kind of left with Dave Canales saying, "Oh, I'll take the job, right?" And you know, and it wasn't like like uh, you know Todd just did it out of out of generosity. I mean, Canales deserved the opportunity, and he's, yeah. he's learned and he's gotten better. And so, as this offense continues to ascend and put more points on the board, that's part of the equation too. It's like, well, uh, what if this offense starts carrying this team? Kind of like it did yesterday into the playoffs. So let's say they get a home playoff winner. Let's let's say they win six games and they lose the playoffs, but it's close. The Blazers might say, "Well, we like this Dave Canales guy, and the offense is heading in the right direction, and we might draft a quarterback." But man, Baker Mayfield is playing really good football in this system, and that might change everything. So it's it, it looked doom and gloom for a minute. It really did, and we talked about that. We were honest about that, but. You know, we'll see what these next three weeks holds. There was a point, I want to say, where Lovey Smith got to six and six in his final year in Tampa in 2015. I want to say it was six and six. And and then he lost the last four games, and that was it. But, you know, I, I already called for the guy to be fired. Mm-hmm. And he won like three games in a row or something, and they got back to 500. And then it's looking like, oh, well, Lovey Smith might save his job, right? Then they lost four straight, and they got crushed against the Panthers in the last game. So anything can happen, right? We feel good about where the Buccaneers are heading right now. Todd Bowles looks like he's on more solid ground. That hot seat is really cooled off, and great for him. Yeah, three games to play, and we'll see if he wins those three. Man, ten and six—that's hell of an improvement from eight and nine last year. I'm sorry, ten and ten and seven. Um, and, and, you know, and you got to give them credit for that. You really do. So we'll we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, That's yeah, it. exactly. Because if they lose on Sunday and they lose to the Saints in a winner take all game, That's the right. following week, then we're kind of back to the discussion we've had. That's for exactly a right. Week. So luckily, the storyline will will write itself. Uh, yep. Another storyline that many people are interested in. Thank you to Anthony Pat for this nine ninety nine super chat. Says, have y'all heard anything in regards to re signing Mike Evans? If we offer him. The three for 75, is he taking it? I know Light will want him back, but need the Glazers to pay up? It's going to be handled in the offseason. We've kind of been consistent about that. Uh, Mike is not going to be talking contract during the season, so this is really a conversation. that We appreciate the Super Chat. We're going to table yeah. it till, till after the season's over in January, um, and, and we'll see what happens. I, I think they, they let him test the market, find his number. He comes back. Can you match this, Tampa Bay? I think the Buccaneers do. And I think he comes back. I, I I think he will too, unless a team knocks his socks off with yeah. uh, with an offer, an offer that he can't refuse. Is, uh, <laughs> maybe he goes to the Giants to play with Tommy. Right. I highly doubt that. That'd be a yeah. terrible idea. Uh, Meets McGee, thank you for the five dollars super chat. Says as a former old school player, I couldn't forgive him for his loafing during the overtime win versus the Bills win two years ago. Funny enough, someone brought that up. Uh, mm-hmm. Not Devin White loafing, but brought up the Bills game in the media. Yeah. I started no- noticing it since um, the Ravens game, the Thursday night football game. Unfortunately, that's where Shaq Barrett tore his Achilles. But yeah. Devin White was a big point of contention in that game for loafing. There was those speculations. There was him 
getting railroaded by the center um, yep. the whole time. And yeah, we've seen some plays being taken off here and there. And uh, it was not Devin's finest work. I agree. I agree. Thank you to Mark Fisher for this 499 Super Chat. White is history. Do you know who got on wide receiver for uh, his stupid play on his touchdown? Talking about David Moore. Oh, and yeah. uh, how do you think he did in com- comparison with Palmer, who is not good at a uh, number of I, I'm kind of with Matt here. Matt Matt was really kind of on fire last night talking about it on our postgame podcast. I think it's David Moore time, right? We've seen – we've given Trey Palmer enough reps and enough opportunities, and he has not – done enough we've seen some drops and so let's let's see what david moore can do he's a veteran he's got experience yeah. he's got catch up to the run ability i think trey palmer can be really good in time but he just needs more experience this is crunch yeah. time this is playoff time go with the more experienced player right now especially off of a hot uh game like moore had in green bay he immediately paid dividends when you got yeah. him into the game with the catch and run that's Trey Palmer has not done that this season. David Moore has one less touchdown on the season than Trey Palmer. And yeah. I don't know the math, but like 75% less. of <laughs> Yeah. Uh, thank you to the Buck Standard with his $5 super chat who says, if we bench Devin White, who on the Bucs is going to make plays that no linebacker <laughs> has made in 30 years? Who, I ask? Yeah, yeah. I think that's something that Bowles said uh, a while mm-hmm. ago, or someone said that uh, – He's making plays that I've seen in 30 years. Uh, appreciate Vice for this $5 super chat. Too bad we can't use a draft pick to get a better head coach. Well, I guess technically you could trade for one, but yeah. what team is, is is giving away that coach is, is really the question. Richie P with the $10 super chat. I've always felt in the past that JPP had issues with White. I've always wondered what JPP thought of White behind closed doors regarding his play. Have you guys heard anything? No, I really haven't. Um, I've tried to get to know JPP a little bit. He was a little standoffish with the media. Maybe it's all those years in New York. I don't know. But I respect the JPP. He's an old-school type player in the, the mold of a Hardy Nickerson and Warren Sapp. I kind of gravitate towards those rule the locker room with an iron fist. You need one of those guys in your team. You can have the John Lynch leaders, the Levante David leaders, the Derek Brooks leaders, uh, those kind of nice guys, the Winfield, the, the Wurfs of the world. You need those guys. You have to have a mix. Right now, the Bucks don't have that that drill sergeant type guy, and I think it's 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 a it's a missing ingredient. They're hard to find in this day and age, but JPP was one of them for sure. No question about it. The timeline does, if you want to connect the dots, it is kind of interesting that Devin started having his decline uh, mm-hmm. after the 2021 season, which was yep. JPP's last year. But mm-hmm. I don't know if we can if we can point to that reason as to specifically why. Yeah. A uh, good question from Kyle Miller here with the 499 Super Chat who says, knowing what we know now about Devin White, would it, would it have been better to trade him last offseason for some draft capital and let younger players play? I mean, if you had the foresight that he was going to look like he does now and maybe even before the trade request, um, then, yeah, I mean, I, I think that wouldn't have been a bad idea. But again, hindsight's always twenty twenty, and it's yeah. It's easy, to, it's easy to look at it through that lens. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, what, what, what if what if he balled out in the contract year the way that Antoine Winfield had? Yeah. Right? That was the expectation, and, and Devin didn't live up to it. All right, this one coming from Warren Sapp, 99. <laughs> Thank you, Warren Sapp, for this 499 Super Chat, who says, love how Bake and the offense needed time to mesh. 
we have to re-sign Bake and keep building with the new offensive coordinator. Remember, no Jesus, no peace. No Jesus, no peace. Thank you, uh, Warren Sapp, 99, for the uh, for the comment. Um, yeah, I mean, the Baker thing will be very interesting in its it own right because we're coming off his best game. Everyone is singing the praises of Dave Canales. You know, they've um, you got Dan Orlovsky tweeting about him. Right. Good morning. Football's talking about Dave Canales. So um, he's getting his name out there a little more nationally. Yeah. The next, it's kind of like Todd Balls with his coaching. The next couple of games will be very telling for Baker Mayfield because we That's can right. praise him for everything that he did against the Packers, but it doesn't erase some of the poor play that he's had. But also, some of the poor play doesn't mean that he's going to be like that for the rest of the year. So, what can he build upon? Was it exactly. last week's game or kind of some of the other ones prior? Uh, thank you to Josue Ortiz for the 499 Super Chat. Who says, Can we start talking about keeping this team together? I only see them getting better, especially with some critical position fills where needed. Yeah, and I, I think Jason Light, right? There were some fans out there that said, blow it up, blow the whole thing up. And it's so hard to hit the, the detonation button. And and you think you're making all the right moves. Go back to when this team traded away Darrell Revis in 2014, and they brought in all of these free agents. You know, Then they had the draft. And, and what happened under Lovey Smith? He went 2-14. and 14. And, and this was after... Greg Shiano went four and twelve, right? So like he actually got worse. And sometimes that happens. You, you know, when you when you hit the the, the detonation button, you blow up too much and yeah. there's not enough pieces and it just takes longer to rebuild. So it's better to keep the nucleus and discard this guy and add these two. And that's how you grow and build. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think there is a great core with this team. Um, like Clash Cansey and Yaya, the offensive line. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of them are still on their on their first contract. Yeah. So um, there is a lot to like about the future of this team with some core players. And obviously, Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, is huge with it as well. Thanks to Kelly Dwight Fields for the 499 Super Chat says, we have a great opportunity to go 10-7. and seven. Do you think the players are playing for him? I think you mean Bowles. Yeah. Uh, I know most of us Bucks fans like him. Yeah. I mean, well, maybe you're not talking about Todd Bowles. <laughs> not a lot of fans like Todd Bowles. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I'll say this. Todd Bowles is, is a nice guy. He's a likable guy. He's got his faults yes. as a head coach. There, there is. There's no animosity between, you know, if I have to ask Todd hard-pressing questions, it gets uncomfortable. I'm just doing my job. He's doing his job. We're professional, and that's just the way it is. Uh, same with Matt or anybody that asks him uh, questions that are that are pointed and challenging. Um, he has not lost the locker room. I mean, this the, the players genuinely like playing for Todd yeah. Bowles. They really do. And sometimes one bad apple can spoil the bunch. And I'm curious to see how this team responds and plays next year without Devin White. And we've kind of seen them go 3-0 and without Devin in the lineup. And yeah. I'm not saying Devin was the reason for the losing. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is K.J. Britt has played better and that has helped this team win more games for sure. Yeah, and listen, Todd- yeah oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, Todd's a very likable guy, and everyone loves playing for him, and he's a good man. He's a funny guy, too. Yeah. So uh, there, there's a reason why the reasons why the team hasn't totally crumbled. Yeah, you're right. And if you're looking for uh, another good guy, well, this is the guy that you want uh, tackling your real estate uh, issues because whether you're looking to buy or sell, Eric Gross and the Eric Gross Group, they're the ones that you need on your team. Uh, they're the official realtor a pewter report and they're that way for a reason if you don't believe me just go to their website houses and and check it out uh it's got a great uh, layout to it they've got all their inventory there um 
right around the holiday season is actually a really good time to sell and a really good time to buy. Go to their website, housesnfla.com, to find out why. Eric's an avid Pewter Report reader. He knows the Tampa area like the back of his hand, being a Tampa Bay native. His father is stationed at MacDill Air Force Base. But more importantly, their clients are not just transactions. They're lifelong friendships. Don't let the stress of buying or selling a home keep you out of the game. Let the Eric Gross Group take the pressure off. Find them on Facebook and Instagram at Eric Gross Group. Or check out their website, housesinfla.com. Or give them a call at 513-907-4271. Talk some Tampa Bay football. Talk some real estate. Get to know Eric. Uh, he is he's a guy that, that you're going to want to play for and, and want to have on your team for sure when it comes to real estate. Uh, thank you to Easy the Great for the 499 Super Chat. says, pass rush is still non-existent from the yep. edge and secondary is suspect. Huge home game next week regardless yep. if Lawrence plays. Fire those effing cannons. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think the defense is a bit of a concern right now because of everything Easy the Great just said. I mean, yep. how many times do we see receivers like wide open against this Bucks defense? It's it's a bit of a concern. My yeah, and, and I think too – the pass rush, what concerns me, I wrote about this in my two-point conversion. I'm going to drop that in the uh, the chat here in case you haven't had a chance to read it. Uh, some of it's about Devin White, but there's also some other good points in there uh, about um, the game itself and some predictions. Uh, one of those I think Buccaneer fans are really going to like, so you have to check it out uh, to, to find out what that prediction is. But I am concerned about the pass rush, and the reason why I'm concerned is because I don't know that there is one guy – Matt, where you look at and you fear him and you game plan around him. And, and he is that one guy that you have to account for, that one consistent guy. Now, that guy used to be Shaq Barrett back in his prime in 2019 yeah. and 2020, et cetera, right? And then they kind of had another guy, JPP, who was the only Buccaneer player in the Super Bowl year that went to the Pro Bowl, right? Because he had a great year. Yeah. <laughs> but there's not that one guy up front. You worry a little bit about Kalijah Kansi. He's a promising rookie. You worry a little bit about Vita Vea, right? Shaq Barrett, because he can still make a play occasionally. Yeah, yeah, Diaby has got a lot of promise. He's still making some rookie mistakes. This team has to blitz to apply pressure, and I think that's really what concerns me because when you go into the playoffs, you're playing against better offensive lines, better quarterbacks, and in order to beat those better quarterbacks, you got to pressure them. Look no further than the 2020 Super Bowl run, right? You you uh, get through the, the first round with Tyler Heineke in Washington. Then it's right to Drew Brees. And then it's Aaron Rodgers. Then it's Patrick Mahomes. And what was the common denominator in beating those guys? Takeaways, interceptions, sacks, right? And And right now, this team doesn't do that consistently enough. And it needs to find this pass rush. And they got to have somebody along the front line step up and start winning some one-on-ones consistently and become that threat that JPP was in his prime and Shaq was and Simeon Rice was in the first Super Bowl and Warren Sapp was. That's the missing ingredient right yeah. now in the defense, I think. Yeah, well said, because the last thing I'll say on it is I think they've done a solid job of still trying to take the ball away, whether it's forced fumbles from Antoine Winfield Jr. and things of that nature. So just imagine if they had that consistent pass rush, how much easier it would be to record yeah. uh, some of those interceptions. Thanks to uh, Brit's Casual Toy Reviews for the $15 Super Chat, who says, do you all know if the Buccaneers like any quarterbacks in the upcoming draft? I know we like LSU and Washington players, and both <laughs> yeah. have a quarterback. 
Yeah, that's true. Michael Penix is actually from Tampa, played at Tampa Bay Tech. He's the Washington quarterback who's in the yeah. playoffs. Um, and then you got the J, uh, the Heisman Trophy winner, Jaden Daniels, who played with with Rashad White at Arizona State. Actually threw the ball to Johnny Wilson, who ended up in Florida. Yeah. That was Florida State. That, w- that was quite the, the combination out there for the Sun Devils. Um, I, I, I prefer Daniels over Penix if I had to pick one. Um, it really depends on, on who the head coach is next year, who, who the coordinator is. If Baker Mayfield's back, there's, there's a lot of scenarios to kind of ponder, and we can play those mind games if we want. I think we're at the stage of this season where they're 7-7. Seven and seven. It could go one way or the other. Really We're probably can. better off letting it play out and 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 not writing any not filling out any tombstones or looking too far ahead to the draft. And then we 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 put that out there because you people like it. We see the, the the story counts. You want to know where the Bucks are drafting, right? Whether they win and make the playoffs or whether they lose and have a top ten pick. That's that's something that that uh, you guys are curious about. But we're pumping the brakes on the draft coverage because it's it's playoff time. Yeah. This team has a legit chance of making the playoffs. We're going to give you what you want, and we'll probably be start. You know, we're going to the Senior Bowl. We already got the credential requests in. We've got the place to stay. We'll be there again, yep. and we'll start our draft coverage in earnest. But maybe after a playoff or a game or two. Exactly. Maybe. Yeah. Exactly. Might have a, another playoff game to cover first. I will say objectively, it would be very funny if they drafted Michael Penix and they had to go because he's left-handed. And yeah. You know, uh, Hey, Tristan, you know how we moved you to the other side of the <laughs> offensive line? Can you uh, go back to right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, sticking with the quarterbacks, Brutalist Bucks, thanks for the 499 Super Chat, says, Canals has resurrected Baker and Geno. Can you imagine a, a real quarterback or developing one? Yeah, I mean, that again, it comes back to the, the question of, like, do you want Baker back next season? Does Baker want to be here yeah. if he can't get another big deal? I like the idea of Baker, stopgap quarterback for one year, also draft a quarterback. That way you can develop one yep. and still work with Baker. And if you're winning with Baker, then who cares? You're winning. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You know what? It, it's it's funny because it, it rarely happens, right? But you see all of these backup quarterbacks, the Tommy DeVitos, right? And oh, we're, yeah. we're going to have Drew Locke probably tonight, right? Because Geno Smith's not going to play. So the, the the injuries have ravaged the quarterback position across the league, and you know you have the great stories the the, the Brownings and Cincinnati. Uh, Joshua Dobbs was a feel good story for yeah. a minute or two until he wasn't right. But the thing is, is if you go back to the Washington Redskins, they drafted RG three and Kirk Cousins in the same draft. They they, they hedged their bets. They did, and I don't know why more teams don't do that because I the agree. practice squad allows you to have a quarterback on there, right? So, I it just to me it's like yeah this year even if you re-sign Baker Mayfield you still draft a quarterback maybe not in the first round but the second or third round you have him compete with Kyle Trask right so you have two quarterbacks you drafted that's that are competing with Baker Mayfield and you know maybe Baker's that like de facto starter but you've got a couple of young guys in the hopper right yeah, yeah. and 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 I I think the more quarterbacks the better because I'll tell you if something happens to Baker Mayfield. Maybe Trask could step in and be the next DeVito or Browning or whatever. But if he's not, this team's in trouble and it's over real quick. Oh, and so I, I would like, I think the more quarterbacks, the better for every team moving forward, especially with what's happening this year. Look no further than what happened last year yeah. with the 49ers. A million percent. I mean, when you have a backup quarterback in, you're not going to be as good, but you can be downright terrible if yes. you have an incompetent 
uh, backup quarterback and third string quarterback and potentially fourth string quarterback. It sounds like you you speak from uh, experience, Matt. I it sounds like you've watched this. I think people know where I'm going uh, with that one. All right, we have our last two super chats. You guys have been fantastic with these super yeah. chats. They both come from Ace Andrews. Uh, thank you for the four ninety nine super chat and the dollar ninety nine super chat for your uh, typo. It says, uh, is there a chance that even if they win out and or win a playoff game, that Bowles would at least be held accountable for underperforming defense? Um, <laughs> I mean, that's a tough one because he is the defensive guy, and you could say, oh, well, they won because of the offense. Yeah. Why not just keep the offensive coordinator? Um, that's a really tough one to kind of navigate. I would say that at least from a defensive play crawler standpoint, Todd Bowles has built up enough credibility where it's like, Hey, it wasn't our best season defensively. Let me get some new pieces. Let me make some adjustments and I can fix it. Because if yeah. you look at it from that standpoint, he has a great track record with this Bucks defense from the day he got here in 2019, pretty much up until this season um, in 2023. So I, if they went out and win a playoff game, it'd be tough to fire him by saying, ah, oh, your defense wasn't as good, but you still won six in a row and and beat the Eagles or the Cowboys in the first round. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it, it, it's, a, it's a tough situation, right, when, when you have a, a lot to consider. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. To me, uh, I, I'll just say this. I, I think the Buccaneers – They've got a chance to really do something kind of special here and get on the six-game winning streak. And if they can do that and win out, uh, and it's going to take better better play from Ty Bowles' defense. It, it's it's going to. But I like what I'm seeing from this offense too. And if they can play team football like they did on Sunday, like like they told on themselves, this is how they can play. And I think Ty Bowles said this. Right, he said we're not making the big mistakes. We're not having the big penalties, and uh, they still got to get that wheel route thing figured out that Josh Capo's on, right? <laughs> because yeah. uh, Tucker Craft, the uh, the running or the uh, tight end for the, the Packers, got him in that game as well. That's going to be a play that's that's going to be you know uh, uh, a thorn in the side to this defense. They got to get it figured out. But um, you know, it, it's. I'm curious as to how this season is going to end at seven yeah. and seven. I, it looked like this was going to be a tough hill to climb and boom, here they are. They're on top of the hill now. And are they going to, are they going to look for the next mountain to climb, which is over the next three weeks? Or are they going to fall down the hill? Right. Stay tuned. It's it getting makes, good. It's getting it, exciting. Yeah. It makes for uh, great storytelling. So I uh, can't wait to preview their next game, uh, which we will do on Wednesday show as we preview bucks first Jags. In the meantime, uh, please follow us on our social media on X, Facebook, Instagram, and Threads. We are at Peter Report. And our YouTube channel is Peter Report TV, where we have the podcast, various shows, and various clips from We Are at the Bucks facility. Guys, it's been a great show. Excellent turnout from everybody in the chats today. Really appreciate everyone for roll call and for all the super chats today. That's going to do it for us. For Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. And we'll see you on Wednesday for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Peace out. Out.